0: so obama's talking about all of this with the global warming and that, a lot of it's a hoax it's a hoax i mean it's a money-making industry okay it's a hoax that's one of my favorites it's just one of my favorites listen it's one of my favorite clips one of my favorite sound bites one of my favorite uh I, i don't know another word that means a small piece of audio but one of my favorites okay i like it i love it in fact honestly I wish Donald would talk about global warming more. Climate change. It's called climate change. You want to know why? This is actually an interesting thing. You might not know this. Why is it that the word global warming has been phased out? The phrase global warming has been phased out. Do you notice that? You notice how it's not talked about as global warming anymore by most scientists? Like almost everyone I know doesn't call it global warming. Here's the reason why. Because number one, this whole problem suffers from a pseudoscience issue where people don't believe it. Now, how do we curtail that? Well, one of the ways we can curtail that is by not insinuating that the only problem is increasing global temperatures because there's a lot of dummies out there, dumb asses, I call them dumb asses, and I don't like that language. I don't like that language, but I call them that, dumbasses. Okay, I'll repeat, dumb asses, that's what I call them. That means they're dumb, that means they're stupid. Okay, that means they don't use critical thinking skills. Now, I don't want to insult everyone because, you know, I'm dumb sometimes, too. I'm dumb all the time. Listen, I enrolled in a Ph.D. program. That's the epitome of being dumb. Okay? I, my opportunity, we won't talk about that. It's not, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Okay? But the point is, the point is, we phased out the word. Global warming. The reason we phased out the word global warming is because there are a ton of issues that will be caused by our climate changing due to the fact that we continue to pollute it, both physically with objects, plastics, microplastics, things of the sort, and and with chemicals, with molecules like CO two that we throw up in the atmosphere, and we just hope everything happens okay. You know, so that's why we sort of phased that word out. So we, I, honestly, I wish Donald would talk about it more because <clears throat> I'm curious. I'm curious, like this is for me, this is for me, maybe the most important issue. This is maybe the most important issue. I don't care about immigration. Get your immigration out of my face, Donnie. You're not building your wall. You want to know why you're not building your wall? Ain't gonna do anything. That's it. Ain't gonna do anything. Four words ain't gonna do anything. Will it do anything? Nope. Will it do anything? Nope. So there solve that problem for you. Now you need to focus on the climate issue. Okay. Cause the climate issue is for me, maybe the most important issue It's not even like the, the, the pollution issue. I should say the pollution issue. It's not the climate issue in my head. It's the pollution. It's the fact that we're destroying the planet, right? We're polluting the planet to death. And that's an important issue to me. Ladies and gentlemen, Now that you're five minutes in, if you're still listening, you're listening. You wanna know why you're still listening? Cause you came here to listen to my words, which means you likely didn't stop listening to my words after just four minutes, you know? Because that wouldn't be a very sensible thing to do. So, my name's Brendan. This is the State of the Universe. The State of the Universe. What is this, Ray Weiss, Nobel Laureate? The State of the Universe. What the hell do you know about the State of the Universe? It's the State of the Universe. And what the hell do I know? I don't know, honestly. Maybe nothing. So welcome to the show, please support the Patreon, patreon.com slash the state of the universe. Please support the PayPal. If you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon, check out the PayPal. You can just throw a dollar, throw two dollars, whatever. If you like the show and you want to support the cause and you want to support the production of these episodes, they take time, they take effort, they take money, and I appreciate the support. Go to PayPal or Patreon, go to my website, check it out. Follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. I now have, I now have dedicated pages for Twitter, Instagram, for the show itself, and for Brendan. You can follow either. You can do what you like. You know, follow both. Follow both. Just do that, okay? Like, rate, review the show on Apple. Um, YouTube, you know the drill. Subscribe on YouTube. Let me know what you think of the episode, okay? Now, why am I talking about climate, you might ask. Brendan, why are you talking about climate? Why are you talking about climate? What's going on with the climate, Brendan? Are we okay? Are we gonna die? Uh, are the glaciers melting? What's happening, Brendan? Uh, should I stop driving my car, Brendan? Should I build a windmill in my backyard, Brendan? Should I do a solar, solar panels, Brendan? What should I do, Brendan? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. July 2019, check this out. July 2019, it's official, was the hottest month, hottest month on record in the age of the humans. I saw some dummy on Fox News. And listen, I don't I'm a fence sitter, okay? I don't align on any side of the politics. I think both sides are equally stupid. Okay? Specifically when it comes to the climate issue, on one side you have um, Donnie and friends in the Republican Party of the United States of America who like to pretend it doesn't exist, and on the other side you have the people who tell you that the world is going to end in 12 years. Okay? Both equally nonsensical ideas. And they are equally bad at solving the problem. Let's say that real quick. Equally bad at solving the problem because one uses straight denial, the other uses scare tactics. Both are not solving shit, okay? So I sit on the fence, I sit on the fence, all right? But the reason, the reason that I bring this up is because July was the, what was the point? There was a point there. What was the hottest month on record? July 2019, the average global temperature in July of this year was 1.71 degrees Fahrenheit above the 20th century average. And I remember what I was going to say. The thing I was going to say was I was watching Fox news and there was a dude, Tucker Carlson, maybe his name is. Um, no, 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 that wasn't it. No, that, it was a different thing. He is a, he is a Muppet. He is an idiot, but this wasn't this instance. I can't put this on him. It was a different Muppet, different idiot. Um, he was saying that, um, well, in the past, this is, this is him. This is, this is literally word for word, verbatim, what he said. In the past, sir, 200 million years ago, we have records that the earth was hotter than it is today. So how do you explain the natural changes in the earth and the world? And how do you can say you can't say that you don't know if it's the gas companies? And that's essentially what he said. Okay, and so I need to clarify that this is the hottest it's ever been in human history because, yes, the earth has been hot in the past. You know what the difference between now and the past is? Humans didn't live here. Check that out. Hey, do you know what the difference between now and 200 million years ago was? Humans weren't here. How about that? Okay, do I need to break that down for you? What was that guy's name? Steelskins. He's an idiot. Okay, and I'm pretty sure he was a congressman. And, they, and I talked just like, where was he from? guarantee he's from Kentucky. And that's no hate on Kentucky. That's no hate on Kentucky. I know for a fact he was from Kentucky. So you thought I was trying to pick on Kentucky. I was trying to throw shade at Kentucky. I don't throw shade. I speak facts. I put him out. I speak the truth. I only say the truth. I only say facts. And that man was from Kentucky. And did I do his accent well? Yes. Did I do his accent so good? Yes, I did. Okay. So July, hottest month on record. The hottest July in 140 years that we have on record, nine of the ten, check this out, nine of the ten hottest Julys have occurred since 2005, with the last five years ranking as the five hottest on record. Craziness. 2019 is on track to be the hottest year on record, trumping 2018. You like how I did that? Do you like how I did that? I said Trumping twenty. Do you want to know why I said Trump? Because Donald Trump's the president. Donald Trump, President Donald J. Trump, and I said Trumping 2018. And that's clever. And, and I wrote that down, and you're damn right I wrote that down, and I practiced it in the mirror this morning, and I knew that I was going to come on here, and I was going to say it. So you're welcome. Okay? So the reason I bring this up is because I saw tons of skepticism on – Various social media websites. I, 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 why, why, why do I look at the comments? Why do I look at the comments? I'm from central Pennsylvania. What's that mean? That means that the people on my Facebook, my personal Facebook that I follow, that I'm friends with, you know, not the public pro, not the public Twitters and Instagrams and whatever. I tend not to, you know, read that stuff. It's not connected to me personally, but on the personal Facebook where my friends that I knew for my whole life are on there, I read that stuff. That's a problem because they share shit news uh, articles from central pennsylvania now what the pro- what's the problem with central pennsylvania literacy you might say brendan central pennsylvania is mountains it's beautiful you have the amish you have all these great things the problem sir is or ma'am is literacy okay listen i'm not saying pennsylvanians are dumb i'm just saying they aren't smart okay they aren't dumb. I'm not saying they're dumb. I would never be so rude as to call anyone dumb. I am only asserting that Pennsylvanians, in general, aren't smart. That's all I'm saying. So, there were all of these uh, articles, obviously, written about how July was the hottest month on record. This was big news. Um, We should be concerned. And, of course, there were people in the comment section. One lady, check this out, one lady. Well, I forget her name. It doesn't matter her name. You want to know why? Irrelevant irrelevant okay what was her name irrelevant it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what her name was but she commented i went back this was her i went back to the farmer's almanac for july 23rd Uh, 1919, and I looked at the average temperature for that day, and the average temperature for that day was actually 76 degrees. And when I looked at the average temperature for July 23rd, 2019, in the Farmer's Almanac, uh, the average temperature for that day was 74 degrees. So how do you explain global warming if the average temperature in 2019 is 74 degrees, and the average temperature in 1919 is 78 degrees? That seems maybe, to me, like maybe the temperatures are cooling down and that's what she said and to that i say no you're wrong and here's why and this is why we're here today to talk about this because there's tons of climate denial by the way can i just assert something real quick the show damn it god damn it it's blowing up it's blowing up i am every single day i get on the itunes and we are higher on the charts. We are finally, listen, when you grow something like this podcast, it's exponential, right? It's, it's, and you know what's that mean? It means it starts slow and then it ramps up and then it takes off. And right now we're ramping up. We're driving on the, you know, when you take off on the flight and you're, you're cruising on the runway, you're, you're not in the area, but you're cruising on the runway and you're pushed back in your seat. That's me right now. I'm pushed back in my seat and success is coming. Okay. And I appreciate you all for taking the journey with me. So. The natural question when it comes to this is not, is climate change happening? Yes, the climate is changing. Anyone who disputes that is, frankly, ignoring you know tons of evidence. You can dispute all you want. While I think this is also settled science, I will allow you to dispute whether or not it's human-caused. I will allow you to dispute it, okay? I will allow you to dispute it, but I won't allow you to dispute that the climate is changing. Because the climate is changing, and here's how we know, okay? It's a very important skill to understand what we mean when we say the temperature is increasing on the Earth. Because most people – I said 1.7 degrees Fahrenheit warmer. 1.7 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than it was 140 years ago. Most people would say, but Brendan, it was 78 degrees today. It wouldn't really make much difference to me if it was 79.71 degrees today, okay? And to that, I say – Let's talk about how you actually measure the temperature of the globe. Okay, imagine you're in a room. I'm in a room right now. If I wanted to measure the temperature, good thing is I don't need to measure the temperature in here. You want to know why? Because I know it's hot. 7,000 degrees in here right now. The air conditioner's on, but the problem with the air conditioner being on is the air conditioner's in a different room. It's not in the room I'm in. I have the door shut. The door shut, so I can't hear the air conditioner. So when when I'm done with recording, when I finally finish talking and I go out in the living room... Great. It's going to be solid. It's going to be fantastic. But right now, I'm in the one bedroom, one bedroom apartment life. That's the life I live lavishly. It's a lavish apartment. I have slippers. Um, they are Versace slippers. I have a robe. It is Versace robe. I have uh, underwear on. Those are Versace underwear. So those are all the things that I have that are Versace, but that's not the point. Okay. Jesus Christ. What am I even saying today? What am I saying? What other words am I using? The point is if I wanted to measure the temperature in this room. I could bring a thermometer in here. That'd be a good way, right? We all know about thermometers. I bring a thermometer in here. The thermometer would tell me, Brendan, it's uh, 70,000 degrees in your room. And then I would probably uh, get help because it was that hot. Because it is that hot. And I'm sticking it out for you. My electronics will soon be breaking because it's so hot. So I won't break because I don't break. Uh, Brendan doesn't break. He sticks it out. Okay, I grew up in a house with no air conditioner. Do you know what that's like? Do you know what it's like to grow up in a house with no air conditioner, all you Americans out there? Living your plush, lavish life? Not in this house. That's what mom said. Not in this house. We ain't going to have an air conditioner. We ain't gonna have an air conditioner, she said. You wanna know why we're not gonna have an air conditioner, Brendan? This is what she would say. Because it's gonna raise the electric bill by a dollar fifty. Do you think I can afford a dollar fifty, Brendan? That's what she would say to me. And then she would proceed to go to the store and I would say, Mom, it's hot, I'm gonna have heat stroke. I need you to get me ice pops. And so my whole childhood, no AC, no AC, but fully stocked in the ice pops. And the ice pops will cool you down. And so Would she have saved money by just buying an air conditioner and putting it in the window instead of buying thousands, literally tens of thousands of ice pops? Yes. Is global warming a direct cause of the amount of plastic that I wasted eating ice pops as a kid because my mom refused to buy an air conditioner for 10-year-old Brendan? Yes. So shout out to my mother for causing the the temperatures that we're seeing. If we want to measure the temperature in the house – I need to stop. If we want to measure the temperature in this house – it's, we could bring a thermometer in the room. That's a fine option, right? We could bring a thermometer in the room. We could get a temperature. It might say 75 degrees. It might say 77 degrees, whatever it says. And we could say, okay, the temperature in the house is 77 degrees, but that's not a good way to measure the temperature of the house, okay? As you know, it's not a good way. It's not a good idea to rely on your thermostat even, right? Because you might be in your house freezing to death, but your thermostat might be like, it's 70 degrees in here, bro. Calm down. Your thermostat says that to you. Okay? It says, yo, calm down, dude. You're not cold. You're not cold. It's it's 70 degrees in here, bro. Your thermostat says that. But your thermostat is bullshitting because your thermostat does precisely what I just mentioned. It only measures the temperature in one place in your whole house. That's not a good move. A better move is to measure the temperature in every location in the house. Now, how can we do that? Well, one way we could do that is I could go in the bathroom, I could get a reading. I could go in the hallway, get a reading. I could go in the bedroom, get a reading. The, the kitchen, get a reading. The living room, the dining room, get a reading. And I could average those and I could say, okay, the temperature isn't 74. I averaged out the whole house and the temperature is actually 71. That would be useful, right? But even that's a little inaccurate. Why is that inaccurate? Well, like I said earlier, the living room, the AC is on. The air conditioner it's blowing cold air in. In the bedroom, you got the window open, so some hot air is coming in. In the bathroom, you got the door closed, so it's just stagnating in there. All the temperatures are wildly different. Okay? So, what we need to do instead is we need to be precise. We can't just measure the temperature in one location in each room. No, no, no. A better idea would be to say, okay, we're going to go around the whole house. It's going to take hours, but we're going to do it. We're going to measure the temperature in every square foot of the house. We're going to measure the temperature in every square foot of the bedroom, we're going to get an average temperature of the bedroom. We're going to go out in the living room, we're going to measure the temperature in every square foot of the living room, we're going to get an average temperature for the living room, kitchen, etc. You get the point. Then we come up with a better model for how hot or cold the house is. If it was my house as a kid, 450 degrees in the summer, and I've done this experiment, 450 degrees in the summer, your proteins begin to denature. Your proteins begin to denature. They do. You have to go outside. 450 degrees. And then in the winter, you put negative 45 degrees. And that's what it is in the winter. Negative 45 degrees, 450 in the summer. And that's just how it was. And I did this experiment in the house, and I'll tell you, I, th- these are surprising results. The point is how do we know our recorded temperatures is legit? Okay. The way we know it's legit is because we've done the analysis correctly. We've tested every single possible location. So if we're in the living room and we're standing in front of the air conditioner, it's going to be cold. But if we're standing, you know, out of the way the air conditioner, might be hot over there. Varying temperature swings. You understand? So now we know that measuring the temperature in one place isn't great. We know that we need to be adamant about measuring the temperature all over The entire house. This is no different than the way in which we measure the global temperature here on Earth. Okay? Now, it seems tough. On Earth, it seems incredibly tough. In a perfect scenario, we would treat Earth the exact same way we treated our house. We would go around to every, you know, square mile, square foot, whatever, and we would try to get a temperature reading. Now, the problem is the Earth is big. The Earth is incredibly big. The Earth has oceans. The Earth has atmosphere. The Earth has moving air. The Earth has storms. The Earth has rain. The Earth has geology. The Earth has glaciers. Okay? It's not just a house anymore. Now you're talking about a fucking planet. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? A planet. How do you measure the temperature of a planet? Well, the truth is, you literally do it the exact same way I just described. We break it up into a grid. Imagine you take your globe, your 2D globe, okay? You take a globe, you like take the the painting on the outside off, and you have a flat surface, a map. Some people call it a map. I like to call it a, a paperless globe. I call it a paperless globe. I call it a flat globe. You might call it a map. I call it a flat globe, okay? And because I think map can give you the impression the Earth is flat. Flat globe implies it's a globe. I just flattened it out. You understand? Big difference, okay, take notes, take notes on this stuff because this is important stuff Now, we break the globe up do you know, by the way, the weird things happen when you take the globe a sphere and you project it onto a two d surface like a map. Weird things happen. do you know what the, one of the weirdest things happens is that you maybe have noticed? do you ever fly on an airplane and it an air international flights mainly show this the, the best. And you're flying from one country to another country or international flight or a long-distance flight. Even if you're flying across America, that will work. Or flying across Europe or, you know, you get it. Flying across Australia would probably work or flying across China, whatever. Something cool happens. They project on little TVs on the back of the seats in front of you. Which, by the way, if you're putting TVs on the back of the seats in front of you, don't allow the seats to move. Because if I sit in a seat... With the TV on it. And I'm trying to watch whatever I'm trying to watch. Mission Impossible. NCIS. I don't care what I'm trying to watch. And I'm sitting there. Okay. And let's say I'm trying to watch The Office. And I'm just. And all of a sudden, dude in front of me is shaking around. Moving the chair. And moving the chair. And I can't see the screen. And I'm having an epileptic attack. Because dude in front of me can't stay still. Bad move. If you have the TVs on the chair, the chairs don't move. It's a simple, simple solution. Also, while we're on the topic of airplanes, because I just thought about this, why don't all the armrests open? You know those little buttons on the armrests? They don't work. They're just there for show. I press them in, nothing happens. The armrest doesn't open. Okay, that's not the point. The point about the airplanes is this. They project your flight on the screen in front of you. Okay, and assuming the dude in front of you, the woman in front of you, the kid in front of you, kids are the worst. Kids, don't put him on the airplane, toss him out the window. Don't put him on the airplane, out the window. Okay, if I could open the door, the emergency door, and chuck that kid out, I would give him a parachute, I would set him up, he would be okay, he would land safely, but he can't be on my flight. He can't be on my flight because he makes too much noise. He cries. I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to have a good flight. He's farting. He's burping. He's eating like a slob. He's throwing stuff everywhere. He's running through the aisles. Cut it out. Kids, no plane you got to get somewhere. Take a boat. Take a car. Take a bus. Take a train. Don't get on the plane. Okay? If I worked for TSA, I ain't letting you on the plane. I ain't letting you on the plane. I'm going to bring some chemicals with me to work. I'm going to sprinkle them on all your bags. You ain't getting on the plane, little boy. You ain't getting on it. Anyway, that's not the point. Jeez, The point is, the point is I can't. My stream of consciousness is flowing. It's flowing. It's insane. It's because I just worked out. I ate dinner. I had a good dinner. I pancakes, eggs for dinner, breakfast for dinner. Is that not a good move? Is that not a good move? That's a seriously good move. So the interesting thing about flights, though, is that they take this 2D thing, but they have to project your flight on it, all right? But, But when they project your flight on a 2D surface like a screen, it always looks... It always looks like you're taking some stupid way to get from one place to the other. It always looks like you're like doing a rainbow over the surface of the earth. It's like you always think in your head, dude, pilot, do you need me to show you the more direct route? Because you could just fly straight. Pilot, you could just fly straight. Why are you, what are you doing with the curve? What are you doing with the rainbow? I don't understand. And it took me a while, even as a physicist, it took me a while to understand what the hell was happening here. The point is, Okay, the fastest way from New York to London is not a straight line. It is a curve. But, 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 it is a straight line on the surface of a sphere. Okay, it's called a parametric curve. It's a weird thing. Okay, the point is, it's it's better. It would be stupid to fly around the globe from New York to London. Fly around the globe. So instead, you kind of fly up. You utilize the curvature of the Earth to to fly up and over. Not up and over the Earth, but up and over just a little bit. You go up. You go north from New York, and then you drop down south into London. You don't fly straight over the Atlantic, because flying straight over the Atlantic actually takes longer. But when you project it on a 2D surface like the TV, it actually makes it look. You're like, pilot, you stupid? If you see your first day on the job, fly straight, dumbo. You know? But no, and bu- bucko, I should have said bucko, fly straight bucko, because that's my favorite word. So, now, back to the Earth. We're measuring the temperature like the grid on every point on the surface. This is being done by four major collaborations. And these collaborations, they do a pretty damn good job. You have, um, they all have stupid names. I'm just going to say, they all have stupid names, okay? The UK uh, Hadley Center and University of East Anglia's Climate Research Unit has one. They have 5,500... Nodes, 5,500 little thermometers, if you will, all over the surface of the Earth, measuring the temperature at different points. Gist, GISTEMP, G-I-S-T-E-M-P, G-I-S-T-E-M-P NASA's project doing this, takes middle place. They have a little more. They have 6,300 stations that they measure the temperature. And then finally, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, MLOST, M-L-O-S-T, most of all with 7,000 land stations, okay? So they're recording the temperature in 7,000 locations on the Earth's surface. Now, you might think that 7,000 locations on the Earth's surface really isn't that many. And it's true. It isn't that many. It isn't that many. And we do a lot of statistics in order to try to fill in the gaps. But if you look at a real climate map, you'll see that there are some blank spaces, There are some spaces we don't understand what's happening in well, and it's because we don't measure the temperatures very well in those locations. Now, with that being said, we do do a pretty damn good job of covering the majority of the Earth. And and what it shows, my friends, what it shows is some interesting things. Like, number one, most places on the Earth's surface are getting hotter. Most places, the average temperature of the Earth is increasing. We already know this. 1.7 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever that is in Celsius, I don't care. I don't use Celsius. I was trying to convince some people the other day that Fahrenheit is actually useful. Fahrenheit has this stigma in science of being useless, and it is. It is. If you're doing anything with temperatures and physics and astronomy, you're never, ever going to use Fahrenheit. You're just not. Unless you're going to try to communicate your results to an American audience, you're never going to use Fahrenheit because it's stupid. You're going to use Kelvin. You're going to use Celsius, maybe even... But you're never going to use Fahrenheit. The Earth is warming. We know the Earth is warming. We measure it from these land stations. Okay? We know that specific parts of the Earth are warming faster. Those parts are, unfortunately, the Arctic Circle. The Arctic Circle is warming twice as fast as the average globe is warming. That's a particularly bad problem. Okay? That's a particularly bad problem because do you ever hear these... um. These two degree, three degree numbers, these twelve year numbers. Do you ever hear the twelve year numbers? If we don't get, if we don't get climate control um, in order in the next twelve years, or before we get to two degrees Celsius warming, then there's no turning back. Do you hear that number? I'm sure you do. That's a popular number. It's a popular thing pro- propagated in, in the media everywhere else. There's a reason that two degrees, three degrees was chosen in that range okay and the reason has everything to do with the fact that the arctic is warming faster than the globe because when the globe hits a warming of two to three degrees fahrenheit okay the arctic will have exceeded the amount of heat that is needed to melt the greenland ice sheet this is a ice sheet the size of alaska do you know how big alaska is you should look at a picture of Alaska superimposed on top of the United States. People don't realize how big Alaska is. It will take you, and this is a fact, 74,000 hours to drive across Alaska. 74,000 hours. Rumor is, rumor is that there are places in Alaska where there are still uncontacted tribes. Rumor is. That's a rumor, and I think it's a fact because I said it, okay? Now, the ice sheets are shrinking. If we don't get warming under control by two, three degrees, or at least try to do something to get it under control, get it under control is kind of a weird term because, you. Uh, if I'm being honest, maybe a little nihilistic, I've given up hope on the word um, get it under control. And, you know, that's because this isn't an American issue. This isn't a Chinese issue. This isn't a Mexican issue, a Canadian issue, right? This is a global issue. And we're not going to work together to fix this. We're not, you're not going to have countries sacrifice economic gain for the betterment of the planet. I don't know why you'd expect them to do it tomorrow when they haven't done it for the past 10 decades, for the past century, for the past two centuries. Okay. Will we have some progress? Yes. We will have some progress. We will. But. Will all these countries finally decide that economic gain is not necessary and saving the planet instead is? No, it's not going to happen. And here's what blew my mind, okay? I looked up this today. I just learned this today for the first time. I was always, you know, one of the people that blamed um, countries like China because China has so much coal production and they use coal for a lot of their energy. I tend to blame countries like China. I'm like, man, China's never going to do shit. They're never going to clean their stuff up. They're never going to do nothing. They're never going to help out. They're never going to do anything. They are the number one polluter in the world of CO2. The number one. They account for 30% of CO2 emissions. 30%. Okay? And for the longest time, I pointed my finger at them, and I was like, yeah, the Americans, we're not very good, but we're also not very bad. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's actually bullshit. Okay, because what should actually be considered is not is not the CO2 emissions of a country. Instead, what should be considered is the CO2 emissions of a country per capita. In other words, how much pollution, how much CO2 are you emitting into the atmosphere per person in your country? That's a better measure of who the real polluters are. And China, China, okay, pollutes... Per capita, about three times less than the United States. The United States is one of the worst, in terms of major countries, in terms of major countries, okay, they are the number one polluter per capita of CO2. Number one. Set The second, in terms of major countries, I'm talking about, there are some small ones. There are some small countries that rely almost entirely on coal, and have a really low population, so their per capita rate is really high. But I'm talking about major countries with a huge population. Australia after the United States, Canada after that, the Netherlands after that, Japan after that, Germany after that, finally China. Okay? United States, Australia, Canada. United States, Australia, and Canada. These are three places. Canada in particular is a surprise because you don't suspect Canada of producing, when you think Canada, you think clean, you think beautiful, you think clean, you think, you know, that's um, just what you think, that's what I think, but no, their per capita emissions of CO2 are on par with the largest in the world. China is small. Why is China small? Well, China is small because they have 17 billion people. They pollute a lot, sure, but half the world's population lives there. No, that's actually that's not true about China, but take check this out. In Asia, the population of Asia, the last number I remember, is 4.4, mil, billion, 4.4 billion people. The population of the Earth, last time I checked, was like 7.7 billion people. So over half of the people on the Earth live in Asia. And did you also know that India is a part of Asia? Who knew, right? I'm breaking knowledge. I'm I'm breaking it down for you. India and China together, you know, compensate for almost 3 billion people. That's a lot of people. But even still, even still, we pollute per capita in CO2 about 10 times the amount of India. 10 times the amount of India and almost three times the amount of China. Okay? Saying almost three times maybe is a lie. 2.5. 2.5 times. 2.5 times the amount of China. Okay? That is is insanity. So, when we talk about the 2 degree, 3 degree number, the reason that's important is because of Greenland is already, Greenland is already losing an average of 286, and when I say Greenland, I mean the Greenland ice sheet, the ice sheet in the, the Arctic, if you will, the major glacier, glacially, glacially, that's not the word I wanted, I was going to say continent, continent-sized glacier, Okay, it's not really the size of a continent. Antarctica, now we're talking. Greenland's ice sheet is smaller, still the size of Alaska. Alaska, ginormous. The point is, this, this um, ice sheet is incredibly expansive. Okay, and it holds within it billions of tons of fresh water. Okay, experiments show that we lose, on average, 286 billion tons of ice per year between the years of 1993 and 2016. Okay, let me repeat that because I think it's important. Lost an average of 286 billion tons of ice per year. Antarctica, on the other hand, only lost about 127 billion tons of ice per year during the same period. Again, I repeat, the Earth is warming, the Arctic is warming twice as fast. I'm not sure we know why. I'm not sure we know why. Is it to do with the fact that it's in the northern hemisphere and you have the United States, you have the major polluters in the northern hemisphere as well? maybe maybe could that be possible maybe but we don't know we're we're not sure i say i'm not, i should say i'm not sure i am not sure i have seen no science that explains why the arctic is warming faster than the rest of the world only that it is i've seen the experimental evidence i have not seen the theoretical underpinnings maybe they exist maybe they're out there maybe i should get someone on the show to talk about it but if we reach that number if we reach the 2 to 3 degree, number, threshold, Fahrenheit. I'm talking Fahrenheit. I'm not talking Celsius. I'm not talking stupid Kelvin. Get it out of here, okay? Lord Kelvin, if your first name is Lord, if you call yourself a Lord, if your first name is not Lord and you call yourself a Lord, if your last name is Lord and you call yourself Lord, shut it down. Don't call yourself a Lord. You're not a Lord. This isn't Game of Thrones. This is science we're talking about, Lord Kelvin. Okay, if we reach that number, The inevitable long-term melting of the entire Greenland Glacier will begin. Okay? That equates to an estimated 20 feet in sea level rise. All coastal cities. See ya. Florida. Hey, see ya. Florida man getting arrested on Live PD. See ya. Dude, if you don't watch Live PD, if you don't know about Pasco County, Florida, having every criminal in the world... You don't know what you're missing. Hey, Pasco County, Florida, see ya. You're going to be underwater. Will you still commit petty crimes? Yup. It'll be like they'll turn it into Atlantis. It'll be the new Atlantis. Okay? The Atlantis where you go to 7-Eleven to get a nice Slurpee. A Slurpee from 7-Eleven is so good to get the pina colada kind. But you can't go to a 7-Eleven in New York. You want to know why? You get shot. You go to a 7-Eleven in New York... It's not like a 7-Eleven in Florida. 7-Eleven in Florida, that's upscale. 7-Eleven in New York, that is lower tier. You go to a 7-Eleven in New York, you're going to get shot and robbed. Okay? By the clerk. By the clerk. Check this out. Also this year, across Alaska, do do you know there's wildfires in the Arctic every year? Did you know that? Did you know there's wildfires in the Arctic Circle every single year? They're brought on by lightning strikes. Maybe you didn't know that. But this year, across Alaska, there's been over 400 wildfires burning as of mid-July. 400! 400! Okay? This is due to the unseasonable record high temperatures in Alaska and the record low amount of precipitation. So you have an incredibly hot, dry area. That is just burning 400 wildfires. 400 wildfires. Okay? Alaska had a heat record. Temperatures reaching as high as 90 degrees Fahrenheit throughout July. Average June temperatures in parts of Siberia, also in the Arctic Circle, were almost 10 degrees higher than they were 1981 to 2010. 100 intense wildfires were burning in In the Arctic Circle itself. We're not talking about Alaska now. We're talking about in the Arctic Circle. You could have a wildfire in the Arctic Circle. No one even knows. No one even has a clue. So, my question. One of the more interesting questions that I come up with. You know, it's so funny. the, um, The things that Donnie does. And I'm talking about the one and only. You know, Don J. Trump. Don Trump. Donnie boy. Don Don. I call him Don. Listen. I'm not a political guy. Okay, I don't talk about the politics on the podcast much. I don't care about the politics. I'm a fence sitter. Everyone knows this. I sit in the middle. I point both sides. I say, you're dumb and you're dumb. I look to my left. You're dumb. I look to my right. You're dumb. I sit up there on my high horse on my high fence and I say, listen, Donnie, you're stupid. Hillary Clinton, dummy. I say, listen, Elizabeth Warren, you suck. Hey, listen up, Don. You also do. That's just how I do it. That's my method, okay? There are some people I like on both sides. I I tend not to like anyone. I tend to think all of them are a bunch of Muppets, okay? But, but I will tell you now that when it comes to certain policies, when it comes to certain, listen, I don't allow my political leanings to, to cloud my judgment. There are some things that Donald J. Trump has done in the United States of America in the past three years that have actually been beneficial. There are, there are some. You can find some if you look, but at the same time, he has done nothing, nothing to address the problem of polluting the world we live on. He has done no- he has sacrificed every single regulation in existence that was put into play to protect everything from land to wildlife. There is one thing he did. See this is what I'm saying. Like when I when I start talking, I think about the actual you know some of the good stuff he did. And one of the things he did was he signed a bill protecting millions of acres of public lands back in March. Okay, he did that. He did that. Okay, but that was a rarity. And he did that. You want to know why he did that? This is interesting. He did that because due to pressure from the hunting community. And the hunting community tightly connected, as you might imagine, to the Second Amendment community, which is Donald Trump's fan base. So it had nothing to do with environmental protection. It had to do with trying to retain the fans, the voters. Okay, but okay. He has done absolutely zero things to help this problem. All right. We should, from now on, put all Donald Trump environmental policy to the office theme music. That's literally exactly what we should do. We should put all Donald Trump environmental policy to the office theme music because it will make us feel not so bad about it. Donald J. Trump rules that offshore drilling safety should be rolled back. I mean, it just fits. It just fits. Right? It just fits. Donald J. Trump says climate change is a hoax. Breaking news! Donald J. Trump doesn't believe climate change is caused by big oil. Or, 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 check this one out. Check this one out. Donald J. Trump doesn't believe climate change is caused by big oil. Is that one better? Wait, maybe that's the one. Whoa, no, no, no. Cut the office. Law and order. Law and order. Law and order. Donnie, now you're on law and order. Okay? You want to know why? Because what you're doing is a crime. Not a crime against the United States Constitution. Not a crime against anyone else. A crime against the very humans that left to reap, not reap, reap the negative rewards. How's that? I'll cover my sentence. That will suffer the consequences of inaction. Okay? And listen, I should say it again. Because there is no debate that I'm trying to make here. There's no debate I'm trying to get in. What I'm saying is that in the United States of America, we have a pollution problem. A pollution problem caused by companies who think that the short-term financial gain is better than the future of the planet. I'm not talking about climate change in particular. I'm talking about the pollution problem. We have the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is the size of fucking Texas. It's a Collection of garbage the size of, and I say this for emphasis, the size of fucking Texas. Probably bigger. Probably bigger. Sitting in the Pacific Ocean. So big that you can probably see it from the International Space Station that is a problem that is a problem that can be handled most effectively from a point of legislation okay and i'm not saying you mandate people okay listen i'm in america it's a home of the free brave you know america's brave it's free you know what i mean so in america brave free in home to free brave bravery when you're in america you do whatever you want but also you have to realize that what you're do- when you're doing whatever you want, maybe sometimes you're not doing what you should be. And so that's where legislation comes in. That is after wall, why we have after wall after wall after wall why we have government in the first place. Okay? To ensure that, hopefully, within reasonable confines, you know, we're not talking communism, socialism, get that shit out of my face. We're talking. We're talking capitalism. We're ensuring that we can move down an avenue where the free market can move us in the correct direction. But sometimes you have to come up and you have to say, hey, free market. Hey, free market. You can't profit off of the murder of the planet. Hey, free market. There's a pollution problem in the Pacific Ocean the size of Texas. So we're going to have to ask you to maybe like stop using all the plastic that you use in the production of your thing. Oh, but, but, President, the price will go up by 30 cents. It's okay. It's okay if the price goes up by 30 cents, because then we won't have pollution in the Pacific Ocean the size of Texas. You know? So maybe, just maybe, that should be, you know, more emphasis should be put on that. And I'm not pretending I have answers. I'm not pretending I I, I have anything. Okay? I'm not, but I am pretending that, not pretending, I am asserting that there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. Hottest July on record is a problem. Hottest July on record is a problem, okay? Even if it's not a human-caused problem, which I'm not saying that it's not a human-caused problem, okay? If I'm being the scientist in me, yes. Yes, it is a human-caused problem. OK, we have uh, tons and tons of evidence. But the reason that I'm not even touching that is because that is actually, I think, where the political divide exists. The political divide exists on whether or not it's a human problem. OK, so we don't even to talk about if it's a human problem. What we will talk about is that the problem exists. The problem exists and the problem should illuminate to you something. It should say, even if humans didn't cause it, what if they did? Even if it's not humans fault, what if it is? What steps can we take to ensure that we clean up our planet, even if it is our fault, even if it isn't? How can we make this a better place? How can we make the planet a better place, not for us, not for the next generation, but for humans 100 years, 200, 300, 400, 500 years from now? How can we ensure that we're not going to kill them before they even get a chance to make this place great? How can we make America great again if we are putting ourselves in a situation where in two decades, the Americans are going to have to clean up the mess of that time that we tried to make America great again. This isn't a political problem. This is a fucking global issue. This is an issue where people need to stop putting short-term economic gains over the needs of the planet itself. Global warming, if anything, the silver lining is that, the silver lining is this, either, and look, I called it global warming. I called it global warming. It stuck in my head from when I was a kid. The silver lining is this. The silver lining is that Either we don't do anything, we don't do anything, and we continue to put short-term economic gains over long-term prosperity of humans and other species on this planet. It's it's either that, or we bind we bound together. We we become a cohesive unit of countries, not a one-world government. we're Not talking about that shit. We're not talking about reptilians and and NWO and New World Orders. None, none of that. Illuminati's, I don't care about that shit. What I care about is we get together, we say, listen, it's not okay that we ruin the planet for short term economic gains. We say, hey, Koch brothers, you're done. Hey, Koch brothers, fuck off. That's what we say. We say, hey, hey, all you people, hey, big oil, hey, ExxonMobil, check this out. Fuck off. That's what we say. We say, listen, we had, we, this was, but the other thing is this, right? This period is important for us. The past 100 years was important for us. It was important that we utilized gas and oil the way we did. It was important that we emitted all the carbon we did. Because if we hadn't done that, we probably wouldn't be to where we are right now to even have this problem. So I will contest that this is actually a good problem to have in the sense that... We would never have been as advanced a civilization as we are now if we didn't rely on those things for 100, 200 years. But now it's time to say, out with the old and in with the new. And the only thing stopping that is an inability for people to agree that there is even a problem. So if we could all just agree that the climate is changing and that there are maybe some steps we could take to fix it, to try to mediate it, to put a band-aid on it, to try to fix some of it, to lessen our impact, even if it doesn't exist that's what we should be doing and it's insane to me that we allow species to die in the arctic that we allow species to die in antarctica that we allow the oceans to become so s- salinated that the great barrier reef dies and we just continue to pretend that nothing is wrong we continue to say yeah it's cool though because you know I, I still got ice cream in the freezer i still got fresh bottled water out there i can still go to the grocery store and get my bags of groceries i can still run my car on gas it's cheap i only spend 30 dollars a week we continue to make those decisions And I'm not vilifying anyone for those decisions. Of course you should make those decisions because those are the things that were presented to you. But, but, I think more effort should be put onto onto changing the way we live from the top down, not the bottom up. Not a grassroots movement, but from a, a, a leader who's willing to say, listen, we have a problem. And here's the steps we're going to take to actually change it. Not fucking pitter-pattering, not Obama-style, not really changing anything but pretending you change stuff, not Trump-style, which is not changing anything and telling people you don't change anything. None of that. I'm talking about real change. I'm talking about real change where, you know, groups of people can get together from different countries and decide that something needs... Not the Paris Climate Accord, not sitting around and talking about the problem. I'm talking about real change. That's all I'm here to say. That's it. That's all I'm here to say. And now I've ranted for... 55 minutes, but before we go, I want to answer a question that was sent in, a very good question um, that was sent to me a while ago, and you guys might send me questions, and listen, if you send me questions, know this, I'll answer your questions, okay, I'm going to get to your questions, but, but, I tend to do this thing, and the thing I do is I save your questions, I save your questions until I have someone who's an expert in the field come on the show and then I I throw your question at them because they'll give a better answer than I will unless it's something of my expertise. So, but this question in particular, this person asked two questions. One question I already have in the back catalog with all the other damn questions and it will be asked of a cosmologist, someone who's an expert in the early universe. They'll come on and they'll answer your question, okay? But this other question you asked is an important one. And it's one that I haven't addressed before, but I think it, it's necessary to address. And your question is this. And I appreciate the the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate it. Please, if you're listening, still, Apple Podcasts. I see you all listening. Literally. Okay? I can see. I need you to understand this. If I go on Apple Podcasts and I log into my user portal, I can see that you're listening. I can't see who you are. You're anonymous to me, but I can see you're there. I can see the hundreds of you, the thousands of you that are listening. And what does that mean? That means when I say, leave a review, it means I know you have an iPhone. Leave a review. Five stars. That's all I ask. Okay? And I appreciate it. And I love you guys. So the question is this. The Milky Way and Andromeda are going to collide. How is that possible if everything in the universe is moving away from each other and... To answer that question, I contend the question itself. I say that the phrase, everything in the universe is moving away from each other, is actually the problem with the question. The question is a bad question. It's a good question. I'm not saying it's a bad question like it's a bad quality question. I'm saying it's a bad question as in it, it um, makes an assertion that it's not true. And the thing that is not true is that not everything in the universe is moving away from each other. Okay, but But what is true is that when we observe the universe here's what we tend to find. Objects that are further away from us tend to be receding quicker, okay? Objects that are further away recede quicker, all right? They tend to. The key word there is they tend to. There's a trend we notice, but what's also important to notice is that dark energy, which is presumably the thing causing the expansion of the universe that we live in, okay? That dark energy tends to act in the vacuum of space, in between galaxies. Now, the problem with the Milky Way and Andromeda, and the problem with almost all galaxy clusters, of which we are a part, of of almost all, you know, superclusters of all galaxy pairs, is that they don't reside very far apart from one another. The Andromeda galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy are quite close, and in about 4 billion years, they will collide. And the reason they will collide is because the gravitational interaction between the two is far stronger than the amount of vacuum energy, we'll call it, dark energy, that exists in the space between the two. Does that make sense? So, so if the Milky Way and Andromeda were billions of light years away from one another, we shouldn't expect them to collide. But, because they are incredibly close, we do expect them to collide. And in fact, we know they're going to collide because we can observe Andromeda moving towards us. Okay? So I hope that answers your question. The answer is, the question's wrong. Okay? And the question's not bad. It's a great question. I don't want to insult you. I love you. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you leave a review and a, and a rating. And I appreciate the feedback. And I and I appreciate you saying you love the show and that makes me feel so good. And um, makes me feel happier than anything. And I'm pretty sure you left it from Ireland. You left it from Ireland? Listen, we are like number one in Pakistan and Ireland and the UAE and all these other countries. right? And um for whatever reason, like that doesn't set into me until people reach out and they say, "Hey, Brendan, I'm from Ireland. I love the show," and that touches me in every part of my soul. It reaches in all 17 chakras, or however many I'm supposed to have, and it touches all the chakras. Okay, and uh, I don't know why it does that. I don't. I'm not a psychic. I don't know anything about chakras, but that's what I know. Okay, and so the answer to your question is is exactly what I just said. Very simple. The simple answer is that the gravitational force between the two objects, because gravity is weak over a distance. Gravity it falls off as one over the square of the distance. What's that mean? It means it's very weak at a distance. It means that the gravitational force between the Milky Way and a galaxy that is uh, 7 billion light-years away. Technically, technically, there is a gravitational attraction there. Technically, the Milky Way is being gravitationally attracted to every galaxy... Every galaxy cluster, no matter how far away it is in the universe, there is a gravitational attraction. They are actually tugging on one another. They are, but it's very weak. It's weak because it's at a distance. Whereas when you're talking about dark energy, dark energy works well in that confine, in the confines of that. It works well. The vacuum energy works well in the emptiness of space. It doesn't work well around places like the Milky Way and Andromeda. Okay? Hopefully that's a good answer for you. Hopefully you're satisfied with that. Hopefully you go on to pursue to answer that question yourself. I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know if you're a student. I don't know if you're 70. I don't know if you're 60. I don't know if you're 50, 40. 40. I don't know if you're Benjamin but You could be Benjamin Button. You could be aging backwards. You could be entering college in reverse. I don't know. I don't know shit. But thank you for listening. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, which you can do. Rate the review. Review the show. Rate the review. Rate the review. Rate the review. That doesn't make any sense review the show, rate the show, let me know what you think, let me know what you think about this climate problem, okay, I don't care about the man-made thing, I don't care about that, because that is where arguments start, I don't want arguments to start, I want, okay, because the fact is, the climate is warming, you cannot fight that, not not even any Republican, people in the Republican Party of the United States of America are fighting that, not any people on the far right are fighting that consensus, no reputable people anyway, everyone admits it's a problem, the 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 you know the the problems between the talking heads starts when we start asserting that it's man made I believe it's man- made I think the evidence speaks for that, but we don't even have to talk about that. We could just talk about the fact that it exists and what we can do to minimize our impact even if we don't have one. That's it. Let me know what you guys think about that. Let me know let me know, let me know, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Oh, and remember when I was talking about Pennsylvanians earlier? This is a little treat. This little treat if you made it at the end of the episode. We're going to leave you with this. We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. Because on the counter, you want to know why? That when people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. That guy. That guy, remember I talked about Pennsylvania, that guy left a message at the news channel, WNEP16, my local news when I was a young man, and he says, listen, the reason there are a record number of tornadoes in Pennsylvania in 2019 has nothing to do with the change in climate. It has instead to do with those damn traffic circles, because when you, on a county you want to know why, on account county you want to know why, hold on, on account a county you want to know why? We didn't have tornadoes here. Until we started putting into traffic circles. Because on the county, you want to know why? Because on the county, you want to know why? You didn't have tornadoes there. Tornadoes, tornadoes, tornadoes. On the county, you want to know why. When you go round and round, you stir up the atmosphere. And you cause tornadoes. Listen, when I said people from Pennsylvania aren't smart, I wasn't kidding. But, I never called him dumb, I'm just saying.